Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I'm obsessed with these grapes. I don't know if you've tried one yet. Um, okay. Wait, we'll do an intro. Well, let's do a little. Are we ready? Okay. Are we I good? need to try a grape first. Yeah, if Here, you try don't one mind. of these grapes. Yep. They're so good. Thanks. Are they drugged? Are they laced? I don't know. Are they? Mm. You're so scary. Okay. Those are great. I usually like a crispy grape. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But that's a real nice sweet grape. It's a real nice sweet grape. It's seedless. It's basically like a Concord. It's seedless and the skin isn't as like mm. sour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with these. But the best thing about these grapes is, well, not the best thing, but an added perk of these grapes is that um, when you eat them, then when you um, poop afterwards, it, it smells like grapes oh, that's like awesome. straight up smells like grapes <laughs> that's great like a grape popsicle that's grape oh, oh. i think right. we're ready <laughs> I, on that note okay what up mary jane how's it going mike <laughs> <laughs> we got a great guest today you want to throw it in yeah amanda great. duarte spicy it's, meatball yes, yes. Spicy Meatball, Theater Maven, uh, New York Times writer, uh, fucking theater downtown legend. Legend, yes. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. All wrapped up in one package. All of it. Like like a gorgeous falafel. A bit of falafel, indeed. (laughs) It's got everything. Can I use that as a poll quote, please? Yes. Uh, Like a gorgeous falafel. Yeah, I can use that on all my press materials from now on. It's yours. Thank you. Hi. Hi. It's so good to see you. So fucking good to see your Is face. It should be fully disclosed that uh, Mary Jane and I are extant friends, pre-existing friends. Yes, it's, an, it's a condition. Our friendship is a pre-existing condition. It's and true. I just met Mike today. Yep. I just want to be really clear about that. Yeah. yeah so we're not friends yet, but we're you two friends. go way back. Yeah. Well, how far back do we go? Is it is it a is it a breadth or a depth? It's... I've, I think the depth is probably um, greater than the breadth. Short time goes Shorter deep, time though. goes deep. Yeah. yeah. Like a weird, like a planter's wart. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's as, as long as we're discussing foot conditions. <laughs> Maybe we should just have like a podiatry, like a weed and is there a weed and podiatry podcast? There should be. There should be. I think I'm going to start it. Weed and bunions. Weed and bunions. Bud and bunions. Uh, but but no. But I'm not going to do it. Bud no, bunions. Bud bunions. Maybe it's called sticky and icky. Ew. No. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, we listen. We're here at Amanda's beautiful home in Brooklyn. We are snacking. We're yapping. We we're just, snacking and yapping. We just vaped some beautiful blue dream. Uh, Got to be careful of not touching the table too much. So oh, yeah. not, sorry. Like, no, it's okay. We're just uh, yeah, acoustically figuring out the room. My me me my mo. Me 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 me. My my mo. Lither leather lither leather. Good blood. Bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of theater training, being a theater maven. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, so that's it. Here we are, snacking. Here we are snacking yeah. and yapping and smoking. Snacking, yapping, and smoking. How do you two know each other? Theater. Um, how do Megan McQuillan? I think Meg McQuillan. Yeah, I. Oh no, you know what? It was. It was you. Well, through Meg McQuillan, you knew Paul Davis. Yes. Um, who is a casting director here yes. in the Cité, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him about booking... Oh, this is a good segue. You don't even know how good it is. Uh, I was talking to him about booking my show, Dead Darlings. Yeah. Um, my monthly show at Judson Memorial Church the second Wednesday of every month at 8 p.m. Uh, and which there's one coming up. Well, I don't know when this is going to... Um, mm. Do you say air for a podcast? Do you say... Uh, when it's going to drop? drop? When it's, it's going to drop. drop. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But uh, anyway, uh, so I was looking to book people for um, my show, and he recommended you. Um, and he had mentioned you uh, as being, like, uh, a writer, actor, like, interesting person. And hmm. um, and so I think I reached out to you just blind, mm-hmm. which I never do. And then you did my show, and you dressed as a beaver mm-hmm. and <laughs> held a large... Um, jar with me with weed leaves on it mm-hmm. it was like a, a medical marijuana jar full of um aborted beaver fetuses yes and sang heaven by the talking head <laughs> <laughs> it was um it was like one of the most memorable moments of five and a half years of doing that show fuck five and you. a half years so five and a half years times because uh, I do 11 shows a year. So that's like 60 shows out of 60 shows. Like, wow. Three or four guests per show. Like that, I'm telling you, that that is a... Fuck. It's burned. It's burned in <laughs> what's left of my hippocampus. <laughs> Thank you. It was one of my favorite pieces I think I've ever made because it just, I don't know, it was just, it was just fucking great. crazy and I loved doing it. I still have that jar of aborted beaver fetuses. I hope so. Oh. I mean, it's, it would be a um, like a hazard, like a, a to- like you would have to. I don't know. It's like fermented, right? Well, I mean, they have googly oh, eyes. They're like, God. you know, guys, to be clear, listen. Right. But like, <laughs> in what, like, what is the, you know, it's like when you're supposed to recycle old batteries, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, cooking oil you're supposed like what are you supposed to do with f- aborted fe- fetuses it's I, like a um biohazard i don't know i would uh-huh. think that the um the method of uh of dumping it would be really complicated so it's probably yeah. the best that you're hanging on to that absolutely yeah. and no matter what at the end they're gonna go to hell right i think yes. we can all agree on that right yes. because well, of the abortion oh no wait do the fetuses go to hell the fetuses go to heaven that's why i was singing that song oh, that's right yeah. that's the fetuses it. go to heaven it's the beaver the selfish beaver mothers yes yes that um the selfish slutty beaver whores <laughs> Listen, this beaver, my beaver, the beaver was, you know, taken advantage of by a moose. All right. She met at Manitoba's on the Lower East Side, had a hard night, woke up with sticky fur, didn't know what happened. Don't know what happened. Had to make a difficult choice. She felt, you know, conflicted, but she made the right choice She for made her. the right choice. Yeah. She mm-hmm. made the right choice. And it was a fucking choice. Yeah. Yes, it was. That she had to make, that she was allowed to make because uh, abortion's legal as it should be. So what oh, do you think about abortion? I think it's, I mean, do you see the, um, what's your, you no, necklace? what's your necklace? It's a, it's a cursive. It's this great necklace, like a nameplate necklace with the curly letters um, that says abortion. My friend, uh, I want to give her a plug. My friend Amelia Bono uh, gave it to <gasps> me. She runs uh, Shout Your Abortion in uh, Seattle. Anyway, people always ask me where I got it, and I want to make sure that uh, you go to like Shout Your Abortion, uh, or I think it's SYA.org or huh. something. Anyway, you find it online. Um, but she does a lot of great stuff, and she's, uh, they just did a book. Um, a Shout Your Abortion book, and they are on a book tour right now. Um, so look in your, uh, I don't know, in your local book tour listings, in mm. your local book tour weekly mag. Yeah. Are you going on tour soon? Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't have any, like, plans per se yet, but I have a new show that I've been doing at, um, that I'm doing at Joe's Pub. I did uh, the first show in September, and it's coming back in uh, February, March, and April. And for anyone who, listening who doesn't know, Joe's Pub is one of the storied downtown venues in New York. Like, if you're doing a show at Joe's Pub, that's where I first saw um, Bridget Everett. That's where... She's still, yeah, she still does She still does shows at yeah, Joe's yeah. Pub. That's where I've seen, like, just, you know, Mike Daisy or any of the fucking amazing, like, theater 
brains that are coming out of New York get their fucking leg. Brains. The other brains get a, get a leg up at Jewish Club. But it's also like my favorite. Um, it's my favorite place to see a show, probably. Yeah, in the city. Yeah. And because uh, you they, get, you can get fries. I was just gonna say they have the best French fries. What kind of fries? Town. They're the really um, thin, like shoestring. Uh, not like just above shoestring though, like okay. not like a not like, a steak cut, not a regular, not a steak cut, not a regular, not like a Mickey D's fry, and not like a shoestring, but like somewhere in between Mickey D's and shoestring is like the Joe's Pub fry. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, the outside is perfectly crispy, and like the texture is perfect, and the salt level is perfect, and they have the best part for me is they have um malt vinegar mayonnaise. Fuck. Yes. Which is my favorite thing. So I get that and the ketchup and I make a disgusting, speaking of abortions, I make like a disgusting <laughs> mess of like whoever I go with, I have to tell them like you gotta, you're going to have to get your own ketchup mm-hmm. and your own if you want mayonnaise. Cause, and when I order mayonnaise, they all look at me like I'm disgusting, which I am. But then like I tell them they have to get their own ketchup too because I end up making this horrific... You're telling them they only have to get. The, I'm like, get your whole own basket of fries. Ah! <laughs> away. You don't get me or my well, fries. Well, the thing is, I usually get the fries like, and I get something like the burger that also comes with fries. Got it. Because it's like not quite enough fries, but then if I share more fries with whoever I'm there with, it's a good amount. Mm-hmm. I. It should be mentioned that I'm a heavy marijuana smoker. I think it, people, anybody who's like listening closely has probably figured that out already. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I do love to go to Joe's Pub, see a nice show at Joe's, like the 9.30 show at Joe's on like a nice edible. I like to cruise in there. It's nice. They got all yeah. the food that you want. Yeah. What's your edible game? What's what's your go-to? Um, I don't necessarily have a go-to. I just found some that I really like a lot. Um, I tend to... Uh, I make, you know, uh, brownies and coconut oil and uh, stuff like that. So sometimes I'll just... At night, I'll just have like a little bit of the coconut oil and tea because calories. But um, <laughs> but I make really strong brownies. Like people, I bring them to parties and stuff, and uh, hey, people are often they don't listen to me. And you just have to listen to women, people. But like they don't listen to me when I say these are very strong. Ooh, let's do a scenario. Like, I'll be just, the person. Okay, okay. You ready? So like we're at let's say we're at karaoke. All right. Yeah, I great. Brownies. Okay. So like okay, I brought brown. I'm yelling because it's noisy in the background. Yeah. I brought brownies. But they're like super strong. Awesome. So just eat awesome. like a fourth. Okay, but no, but just eat like. Cool. Okay, I see that you're grabbing an entire brownie and putting it in your mouth, but. These look great. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to want to break that into fourths and then it's eaten. And then they call me the next He just time. ate the whole he brownie. Ate the whole brownie. <laughs> he ate the whole brownie. Just to explain the like brownie lotzi that is happening uh, mm-hmm. off, yes. off. It's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Off mic. And then they go into this K hole usually. Like you can see them sitting there like. Like the the head sort of starts to slump to the side and the eyes sort of like glaze over and like uh like half close, and then I always get a phone call the next day, the next afternoon. Let's be clear, I get a phone call the next afternoon. They're like, um, what the? F- okay, here we go. Fuck. Okay, okay. Hello. What did you do to me? Well, Mike, what I did was I warned you and you didn't listen. I'm still high. I know you're still high. <laughs> Everybody's always still high because no one ever listens to me. I had Pilates this morning. Yeah, how'd that go? I missed it. Yeah. You owe me $40. Okay, no problem. How about you um, I- walk... I'll meet you in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge and give you that $40. How about you go walk to the middle of uh-huh. the Brooklyn Bridge and wait for me? Okay. And um, and then I'll bring you that $40. You better be there because I'm mad at you. Because yeah, of course. You, what, you, you gave me too much 
there was yes. too strong. It was too strong. And I gave you two marijuana of too much value. And as a straight, for free as a friend. Right. And now I want forty dollars. And also as a straight white male, I feel also like you owe me an apology. Of course. Yeah. Cool. See you in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge. You'll get your apology and your forty bucks. And why, like a hand job? Because why not? Thank right? you. Yeah. I'm absolutely. I'm closing my flip phone now. <laughs> Click. Yeah. We need like a fully artist. The sound of me chewing popcorn could be the sound of you. <laughs> Great. So is it like that? Yeah. Oh, except they're all gay. Oh. So they're like, bitch. <laughs> like, I am still fucking high. And it's like, you know, just no one listens to me ever. Because I'm also, I'm convinced that not only am I female, but I'm like five feet tall. And I'm over 40 now. So literally no one listens to me about anything. Uh-huh. So, you know, I figure people get what they deserve. <laughs> If you're not willing to listen to women, you get what you deserve, which is a free, very strong weed brownie, apparently, because I also have very complicated issues with, like, giving and generosity and giving too much of myself because I think I have to do that to make people like me. Yeah, I hear you. I feel yeah. you on that. Yeah, and it's usually food and yeah. drugs. Yeah. And or drugs and then food and drugs together. It's just like, this is, like, take eat of my body. <laughs> take of my body and eat for it. it. No, what is it? And love me. I haven't um, gone to church in so long. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. Whatever. Take, take you know, of my body. Eat of my body. Eat of my flesh. Drink of my blood. Eat this bread. Yep. It's my body. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? What do you want? What do you expect in return? Love. Love. love right? Straight up love. Yeah. Yeah. Just love. Mm-hmm. I get that. We were talking and about that. And I want that. everyone to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Times are hard. Times are fucking hard. You know, I want people to sort of... You know, if we're all hanging out at a party or doing karaoke or something, I want people to be able to um, go to the happy place for just a minute. Like, everything is so bad all the time. Yeah, although that, like, overindulgent happy place when it's with weed is sometimes, like, everything turns into a video game and it gets really weird. Yeah, see, I try to not push it that hard. I try, well, I don't know if it's that I consciously try not to push it that hard, like, not to ingest so much weed that I go into the dark, like, the upside down. But I, like... I think it's that I usually pass out before I would have an opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I'm, I, I'm a steady marijuana smoker, but I'm not the kind who like blasts myself into like the stratosphere. Have you dabbed? No. Hmm. No, I know. I just started doing uh, here and there. Uh, I found a source of uh, mushrooms and I've been doing mushrooms here and there. And that has led to some sort of intense experiences. But mm-hmm. like as far as weed goes, it's usually just like, chilling and hanging out Mm -hmm. and uh so i like gummies uh for just walking around i like to be able i like keep them in my bag and like if because i go to a lot of okay so my friend brandon is a wait i'm gonna eat this okay i just did five things um my my friend brandon is a um theater critic and like this is the holy grail of new york city is like i've met a theater critic who always needs a date and oh so my god! Awesome. I get to go to a lot of theater for free. Yes. Next, I'm open to food critics. I'm open. This is all <laughs> yes. I want in out of my New York City experience is like I want a theater critic friend and a food critic friend. So I'm accepting offers from food critics. Yeah. Um. Because you got your weed friends. I yeah. got my weed friends. Yeah. Well, you got to move back here, cause, or I got to move to LA because it's <laughs> ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm pretty well set for weed. Not for as much free weed as I would like. So if there's anyone giving away free weed in the metropolitan New York area, mm-hmm. um, yeah. In the four boroughs. I wouldn't go to Staten Island, but I would go to other, the, the four boroughs. Yeah. And if you are in Staten Island, feel free to leave. 
<laughs> oh yeah yeah right. no and if you live in staten island and you're listening to this just like i mean first of all congratulations on electing a democrat in the last election like i know that was really hard for you and it's a really big deal but like also leave yeah because there's no reason to live there yeah. no reason to stay so you go what's the, what have you seen oh i see everything like um i'm very lucky he like we go to really great things we go to broadway off broadway like i just saw um the fairy man uh, the Jez Butterworth play, which is so good. And I really didn't like his last uh, show, his last Broadway show. Um, but this, The Ferryman is excellent. So, mm. and it's like three and a half hours or something. I did not do an edible for that one because it was a matinee and I knew it was going to be very long. And I didn't want to like feel like my um, my body was a prison. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there are shows, but I also, it was so good that mm. I wanted, and I knew it was going to be very thinky and I wanted to have my brain cells, like what few I can sort of like um, assemble and, and sort of collate together. Uh, I wanted them to be like as... Uh, functional as possible but uh, I like we oh god I shouldn't talk shit but like there are some things that we see that even going to them we're pretty sure they're gonna be bad and Mm. then like really quickly we know that they're bad like I saw something recently that was just like I could tell from the way that they had and I mean first of all no I think it's terrorism to have actors have to be like preset on the stage while audience is entering uh, the theater like it's actually an I'm act of terrorism always that actor it's always oh, I have me. been that actor and it is the worst it's always me when everyone else is like getting 15 yep. everyone's hanging like, out backstage like smoking cigarettes reading us weekly and you're on stage in costume like acting. why acting. Yeah, acting why <laughs> silently sitting why it just is so stupid but so we knew from the way that like not only the fact that there were actors preset on stage but like the way they were arranged physically on yes. the stage and what they were doing we were like oh god this no. is good and we just like, gah, gah, gah. <laughs> like how much marijuana can i i'm stuffing it in my eyeballs like how much weed can i ingest before i watch this because it's, i know it's gonna be horrible and i'm just gonna want to escape into my own mind and free associate and that's so much uh so much easier yeah but it also just sort of for me like look let's get medical like i uh i've been going through a very hard time i uh have been for the first time in my life taking an antidepressant like a very mild antidepressant and i um find that it that weed is especially like a nice sativa is a and a very mild dose of a nice sativa is an extremely effective antidepressant for me i'm more mm-hmm. functional i'm because i'm a writer and i write better and more when i can sort of take um when the anxiety is sort of like uh sanded off a little bit and uh it it just has been a very um for whatever you know i, I don't even have i think a a clinical diagnosis of depression but like whatever the salad is in my brain that needs to be dressed like this like throwing a little bit of weed into the mix really um helps me you need a little salt to get that flavor going yeah 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 but uh no i I mean it for me again it has to be like the mildest uh bit of a sativa other any more than that and i can't write i'm on you know if i'm looking at a laptop and i'm too stoned i'm like I'm getting on like you know eBay and looking for fuck yes yeah, like vintage jewelry or I'm like on you I'm know. I'm listening to my favorite murder and cleaning my bathroom and oh my god I yeah I just went through well with the um the last thorough cleaning that this place had was um, the Kavanaugh hearings like I just did not I knew so many women who cleaned their goddamn fuck yes like I because what are you gonna do 
What do you know? Oh boy, did I get like in the nooks and crannies, like the bottom of the toilet, the, that place that you like in the back of it that you don't. Oh, really where that little know. white knob yeah, is. Yeah, where the little white knob is. <laughs> oh boy, did I get in there? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything got clean because I was just like. <laughs> yep. I felt so powerless. I was like, this is one thing that I can like oh can god clean it. Shiny and control how shiny it gets. Indeed, yeah. yeah. I oh, just the god. other day we were recording and or maybe we were taking a break and I started sweeping the floor and Mike was like, You managing your anxiety right now? <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I am doing by I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning. Yeah. I'm cleaning. Yeah. That's what I do. And at least I'm doing it. You know, at least someone's doing it. <laughs> I used to get in, um, because I feel like it's been a minute since we've talked about my divorce, so I want to make sure that I uh I bring oh, well, it back. Yeah, it hasn't been it's, brought up. No, the you... conversation started to drift um away from me and my divorce. Oh, right. So I really want to make sure that we bring it back. Yeah. Cool. Um and make that the focus <laughs> of this podcast. But right. um So everybody So everybody waking up and being like, Ooh, new weed and grub. I hope this one <laughs> makes me <laughs> makes me laugh like all the other ones do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Divorce. Um, but it didn't I didn't it was so weird like um I we would get in like he would get angry at me for cleaning because he'd be like I was gonna do it. Wow. It made no sense and I would be like you weren't and you didn't and so I'm cleaning and all I'm doing is cleaning I'm not shaming you I'm not like saying anything I'm literally just cleaning and he'd get angry at me for cleaning because he took it as a personal attack and so it was this very like consciously and subconsciously fraught issue in my home for so long cleaning your own fucking cleaning house. my own fucking house so that now that I live alone I clean all the time and my place is always clean and it is the best it is so nice like my recycling gets taken out because there's no like subconscious battle about like who should be doing it or how am I doing it right like he'd get so mad at me he didn't think I sorted it properly or whatever and I'd be like I don't fucking know and like now I just take it out and you know what it gets taken away and it gets recycled and it's fine and like the trash gets taken out regularly the floors are clean like you guys are sitting here probably going like she thinks this apartment is clean no it's (laughs) Are you kidding? It's gorgeous and it's, it's warm like, and it smells good and you made us nice you. coffee and the snacks it's are so good. It's so nice. Um, I love living alone, but I think maybe that's one of my favorite things about it is like I can keep the place clean. Yeah. yeah. What's it? Well, we both live alone too. What? What? And like, I don't know. What's your favorite thing about living alone? N- being naked. Yeah. Being naked by yourself. Yep. You can do that with other people. Did yeah, you do that? I do. But also I like to like just like be naked. Yeah. Yeah. And fart. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I absolutely do know what you mean. It's great. Women fart too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh right? man, I let for crash. Hey, do, can we talk about this for a second? Oh, oh fart god. timeline. Fart timeline. Yeah. Oh my god, what? Okay, so you're How in a with your yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. You're with somebody, uh-huh. and you're starting to date. Maybe uh-huh. you're like spending nights at each other's houses, mm-hmm. and things are going. What's your fart timeline? To fart either like either go to the bathroom and fart, or do you like fart in front of them, or like how do things unfold from date do do one like, through it? Yeah, like Spe- a funny unfold, letter rip, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. so this is my. Uh, this is a very timely question for me because I've only been dating for basically the first time in my life for like the last year or so. And so I've had to figure out my answers to questions, serious, you know, urgent questions like this. Yeah. Um, I've had to sort of like feel my way through them. And it, I would say it depends on the person. Like one of the first people that I dated actually, I mean, he was great. He, uh, he had some kind of like, he'd had surgery. He had some kind of like intestinal thing (laughs) where he farted 
all the time. And it was loud and squeaky and funny. And he would just make this funny face and sort of shrug his shoulders and be like, this is me. I can't do anything about it. But it was nice because it just sort of opened the gates for me to fart. And so like... He just unashamedly did it all the time. And he just sort of looked at me like from the very beginning. And that was nice. I have to say it was fun. And then um, I dated recently this kind of more serious, serious uh, presenting person. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious identified. He wore an ascot uh, when he had sex? Yes, indeed. <laughs> cool. Just a little tiny ascot on his dick. It was <laughs> classy. It was nice. It was a nice touch. Um, <coughs> but it was a <coughs> it's the thing about eating granola while you're doing a podcast i'm really dumb uh but uh he with him it was a lot longer before either of us uh farted and he was and i think also this timeline is can be sort of influenced if not determined by the kind of sex you have with the person like whether they're the kind of person who can sort of laugh or smile or like be more relaxed and silly during sex, then it's mm. like easier to fart around those people than it is. Like you could fart in front of a funny sex partner probably like day one and it'd be fine. I mean, so the timeline is different with yeah, everybody. I totally. Think. What do you, what's your take? Or is this a question you ask every guest and you've already established your take on this and... And no, no, it came out of a recent conversation that I can't even remember why we were having it, but we were stoned and talking about farting and when you fart in front of people and who you can fart in front of and right. friends, lovers, you know, employers when employers, it's okay. Um, elected representatives. Yes. You um, know. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a, an employer fart in front of me once and that was really weird, I think, for her. But, you know, it was. Yeah. So I don't know. It was fairly recent. I don't was, know how yeah, much we talked just about like, it. We just got real deep into like, oh, no, day three. You're still holding it in. You're mm-hmm. waiting until you. You know, you're, you're walking out the well, door. and because it's like the when do you poop at their place kind of idea of like... Oh, I shit anywhere, anytime. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, I won't, like in a public bathroom or at someone's house or whatever. When it's time to go, I go. I, my fiber intake is like, I'm going to, I'm going to estimate. I mean, this is Brooklyn, so this is a very tough call. But like, I, my fiber intake is probably unparalleled, like in this borough. Like, I... You're t- you're calling yourself I here on I the might, podcast number yeah, one exclusive. Yeah. You're the number one fiber champion I think I in might Brooklyn. Be the fiber champion of Brooklyn. Like I I don't know how anyone could consume more fiber than I do, and so when it's time to go, it's time. And I'm not like I don't care. I hold this back for no man. Like I compromise my intestinal health for no man. What does your fiber intake consist of? Like fucking prune juice and kale. And I'm like really glad you asked, Mary Jane. Psyllium husks. So I want to start a weed and fiber, uh, weed and fiber podcast, and this would be a nice. Uh, we can do a Weed off. and feet podcast. Yeah, weed, weed and, and feet and weed, weed and fiber. How about weed, feet, and fiber? Weed, feet, and fiber. <laughs> like the middle-aged lady podcast. Weed podcast. Girl, that's an old lady podcast. <laughs> that's an old lady podcast. <laughs> We're in Florida. <laughs> That'll be when we retire. We'll do that together, Mary Jane. We'll do as the long weed. as I can have a turban and cats. Oh, I mean, I already have both of those. Actually, I do have a turban. <laughs> Your hair looks like I a mean, turban right now. Yeah. Thank you. I had to put on my like mic. I had to get my hair out of my face for the to get in the mic and also to eat. All right, um, weed, feet, and fiber. Let's okay, hear so about it. My fiber intake is really um, <laughs> kind of incredible. Woo! Okay, okay, so I start every day with a Vitamix shake uh, of like raw fruits and vegetables, and it's a lot. It's like uh, usually spinach, um, apple, uh, what else? What cucumber? Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of watery fruit. Water- a lot of watery fruits, like pineapple. Uh, 
uh, sometimes these grapes, sometimes blueberries, definitely always greens. Like today I had kale juice in it because I can't, I can't digest raw kale fiber, but like I put kale juice in it. So it's like, but every day it's like a quart, sometimes a quart and a half Ooh, of yeah. that. That's a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I, I'm not so much, well, it's cold, so I'm not really eating salads, but like, you know, I got a lot of like whole wheat, like today I had like a whole wheat pasta situation with like um, kabocha squash and uh, Jesus. cabbage and kimchi. Wow. It was really good. Then like, I don't know. Oh, oh. So, and then I also make these r- routinely for when I get stoned and get the munchies and want to eat like sweets. I make brownies, but I make them. Do you know the black bean brownies? Do you know about black bean brownies? No. Dude. Okay. So you can make brownies out of black beans uh, eggs and um, like baking powder, but you can put <laughs> no, whatever. you can't. Yeah, okay, wait. I'm gonna literally go get them from the fridge. You guys, bam. You can't. This yes, is impossible. Oh, it's good because there's a siren going by. This is a good time. Hold for sound. Hold for, sound. Hold for New York. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So like what do we sound, got? Everything. So what we have here are brownies that are, um, these have been in the fridge. Hold on, I gotta get my phone to take a we picture gotta, of this. Come oh, on. Okay. Come here, on. These All right. have been in the fridge. I'm gonna inspect this. It looks like a fucking brownie. It's a brownie. It's a very fudgy brownie, and it's made out of black beans, eggs, um, and you can make them vegan really easily with flax seeds. Black beans, eggs, uh, coconut oil, and uh, a fuck ton of prunes. Whoa. And um, a little bit of maple syrup and then like some chocolate chips and pecans. But um, are these weed brownies? No. Good. Okay. So they're like super, super fibery. It's like eating a prune. Mother of fucking God. And they're so good, right? No sugar. Fucking crazy. So good. That tastes like fucking fudge. I know, right? I'll send you the recipe. Guys, Guys. (laughs) my world has changed. It's a change. It's a significant change. Wow. Whoa. It's all fiber. Wow, right? I this is so good. This is good, right? Yeah. Thanks. It's like fudgy and chocolatey, but it tastes actually like when you go to a really, really fucking nice, like a fine dining restaurant and they bring out the chocolate version of their dessert. It's always less sweet yeah. and a little well, like the consistency is sort of like not super like, you know, it can be kind of like like a flourless situation, yes. like a lava situation. I mean, this is like some Jean-Georges Van der Richten level. I mean, merci level. beaucoup. <laughs> Durian. Um, but eat as many of these as you want. Um, but I. Wow. So like. Mike, for example, like right, you're probably going to need to um, poop pretty soon okay. if you're going to eat this. And would you be comfortable doing that in my house since you just met me? Um, only because of the way that you're talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Really? Makes me comfortable enough to do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't Otherwise, do that. Otherwise, no? Absolutely not. That's a struggle for you? Oh, yeah. Coming from a Midwestern family where you sit around the d- dinner table and don't really talk about your feelings. You just kind of talk about what happened at school and work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you don't do that mm. yeah. at somebody's house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I like do. when I'm I have divorcing a Japanese family. It was very Okay, like there you go. Yeah, like when I have sex, I'm always reading the Bible. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. stuff like that. Like I do, mis- I do missionary so that I can hold the book out That's in front why they call me. it missionary honey it is and the the pages you got to be careful with the pages sticking together yeah. how do you how do you handle that um i ask her to turn them <laughs> <laughs> but see this is why i use an ipad oh that's so much smarter <laughs> i keep the king james bible on an ipad and i just mount it on the headboard of my bed so smart yeah <laughs> oh it really it's a it's, I, oh, oh so when you're on top you can really like it's so oh, it's yeah. like when, it's like, when I'm on top, like, that's just how it goes. Like there's no, I'm a dominant hung top, Mike. Like it's there's, 
There's not a lot of missionary happening in my house. Oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, Mike. I hate making edibles unless it's hassle-free. Oh, my God. Well, thank goodness I'm here to tell you about the Magical Butter Machine, which is the easiest, most consistent way to make edibles at home. Honestly, you can infuse butter, oil, tinctures. You can do gummies. You can make chocolates. Everything with complete control at the touch of a button. If you make edibles, you need this machine. It takes all the effort out of the process, and you don't have to waste any time standing over the stove. That's so beautiful, because the high-power immersion blender chops up the botanicals, while the internal heating unit maintains the perfect temp for your infusion. You just add your herbs to your butter, cooking oil, or grain alcohol. You set your time and temp, and you walk away. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Magical Butter Machine comes with everything that you need, including a reusable Purify filter bag for straining, which is kind of like a cheesecloth, mm-hmm. and then a heat-resistant silicone love glove, because mm-hmm. you know that's going to get spicy when you pull it out. Yo. So the Magical Butter Machine also comes with a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and it's covered by a manufacturer's one-year limited warranty. To get your own Magical Butter Machine today, go to MagicalButter.com and use promo code WEEDANGRUB at checkout to save $30 off your purchase. It's so awesome. Oh, you can make gummies. You can make chocolates. A tincture to go to a concert with? It's, it's, it's a, everything. It's great. It's yeah. everything. MagicalButter.com. Weed and grub. 30 bucks off. Do it. Bye. Bye. I, <laughs> I didn't know that about missionary position. Oh, but that's I, why no, I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. I feel like that's probably true. Probably. I, it probably is. So you can read so the Bible while you fuck. read the Bible while you fuck. If only they'd had iPads. Also, I got used to pooping um, just because I worked on a boat. And when we worked on the boat and you went, it would just sort of float by after you were done because there was no septic tank. And we were like out in the sea in Alaska in the wild. So everyone would kind of just see your poop and you had to be okay with that. You had to get good with it. And then my friend Kelly Watson taught me how to ship below um, tide level when you were like beachcombing. She like one day just, yeah, she was like, oh, if you have to go, you just poop below where the tide will wash it away. I'm never going to the beach again. Well, I'm never in, going swimming in the ocean again. This is remote Alaska. I never. Well, you know, it, it, that it travels. Yeah, you know how big whales are. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she was. Oh, I never thought of that. What is whale shit like? I oh, I don't know. It's got to be as big it's as a shark. Be as big as like a fucking car. Yeah. Like, and right? where does it go? I don't know because they're like huge. Oh, they they do flush. Well, <laughs> there are huge animals with tiny poo, though. Like moose poop is tiny. Deer, too. Yeah, it's really weird. The Deer oh. poop looks like rabbit poop. Yep. The what? The ungulates. What is that? Um, th- Like more than, like it's many stomached, I think, is the actual <laughs> defining factor. So moose, elk, bovines, you know, goats, they all have a bunch yeah, of stomachs. Yeah, but cow shit looks in- like insane. That's true. Yeah. I wonder what it is. Yeah, I, I always wondered. Um, Leave why- us a comment. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah. What does alpaca shit? You know, what's the deal? Yeah, send us your poop pics. Uh, <laughs> tag hashtag poop pics. Please so, don't. Um, no, it, but it's actually a good question. Like <laughs> whales, like there's so many nature shows and so many like you know Blue Planet or whatever. They never show us how like what the what whales poop looks like. Yeah, I would be interested. I have a friend. If you who, had told me that we would be talking about this, if you told me even an hour ago, like you're going to be speculating as to like how whales shit, I would have been like, that sounds about right. <laughs> exactly. That sounds about right. That's how it goes. Where are you from? Originally, I'm from California. Um, I'm from the Bay or like the South Bay area of California. Um, so I grew up in Gilroy, California, which is the garlic capital of the world. And then uh, I went to... Wait, wait. We can't wax over number one garlic. The garlic capital of the world. Meaning it's garlic farms? Well, it yes. It's now less than I think there used to be because um, it's kind of turned into a uh, uh, tract housing uh, big box uh, town. It hmm. became the Midwest. Kind of. Um, but it 
you know, it's a, it was when I was growing up there, it was a very uh, rural and agrarian area. And there was a lot of uh, they grew a lot of garlic. I mean, they still do. And then there's a, um, a large garlic processing plant in town. But it's been the uncontested um, garlic capital of the world for many years. What's that air smell like? Um, well, it always smells like garlic. And I went to elementary school right between the garlic processing plant and the tomato cannery. So when I was in elementary school, every day it just smelled like spaghetti sauce. <laughs> it was kind of the best. But it also, like, you just weirdly get used to it after a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, there were times where I someone would remind me, like, oh, it smells like garlic. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess. But now when I go back, I'm like, wow. And everyone comments on it, like, when they drive, because uh, it's right off the 101 freeway in uh, Califas. And so whenever people are driving the 101, um, they will usually, uh, if they find out I live in Gilroy, they'll be like, oh, yeah, when we drive the 101, we always smell garlic when we pass through there, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so uh, there's a garlic festival the last weekend of July that is the bomb. Uh, it is truly great. Um, I really recommend it. One of the most simple pleasures for me is cutting off the top of a head of garlic, wrapping it in uh, foil, a little salt, a little pepper, a lot of olive oil. Lot throw, I was going to say, if you got the, the olive oven, oil, I'm going to leave. Fuck no. Throw it in the oven. Yeah. Leave it alone. Oh, leave it alone. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. So healthy. So healthy. Spread it on some toast. And I mean, mm. look, speaking of, like, you got to change that fart timeline. You know, like, there's a difference between, like, a like a, a, a fart that's just sort of a, a, a work-a-day fart. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like... A, a roasted garlic fart, like that's further down the timeline, I think. Yeah, fragrant. You know, like I'm not gonna rip a roasted garlic fart in front of someone on like the first date. No, ever. like no way. No. Um, I'm not gonna even. This is so weird that I have to think about these things now. What, I was married what kind for 20 of years. Yeah, like am I gonna eat? No, I guess I'm not gonna eat roasted garlic on a first date with somebody. But honestly, I don't really eat on first dates. I just go for drinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to commit to dinner with somebody. It's a it is a huge commitment. It's a huge commitment. It's a yeah. financial commitment. It's a time commitment. Like, what do you do if you sit down? Like, okay, the very first date that I went on um, after getting separated was on Tinder. I met this guy on Tinder, and I didn't know how anything worked yet. Like, I saw his picture. He looked like a human. He looked normal, and he was like, he was the first person to really to actually ask me to do something. And he was like, hey, would you like to meet up and play some Connect Four? And I was like, dating sounds great. This is going to be super fun. And so, like, I meet him at a bar. First of all, he looks absolutely nothing like his picture. Like, Ugh. absolutely nothing. Then I sat down, and he was kind of like, um, he was a very patronizing um sort of, and I realized why very quickly, but he had this sort of, like, patronizing um, energy uh and he was younger than me and it just everything about it was gross it was like oh hey oh yeah you're funny oh okay i get it you know what i mean and it's like I, yes i'm funny i'm professionally funny and like you don't need to control that or comment on it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like i end up on this date with this guy i'm just as the uh just as the first round of drinks just as the bartender is like setting down the first round of drinks um he tells me that he voted for Gary Johnson. No. And I was like, well, thank God we didn't get dinner. And I just like threw 10 bucks on the table and walked out. Wow. I was like, I'm not. And he wanted to like debate and argue. I mean, I sat there for maybe like right. 10 more minutes or whatever. Sure. And he wanted to like debate uh, libertarianism with me. And I was like, 
I will not do this. I will not do this. Like, this is my first date after getting separated. Like, I'm out here to have a good time. And I'm not, like, I will not. If you're, if you are a true libertarian and you believe in the free market philosophy, then, like, you better go out and pay for it. Because you're not getting it from me for free. You know? Right. So, thank God I, what I'm saying is, like, thank God I didn't commit to dinner with that person because it's one thing to walk out after like a drink and be like good night but if you've ordered a meal like and you feel like you have to sit there and like suffer through to i don't know what do you guys think i i did want to tell a story about when i was i wasn't dating and i didn't even go out to dinner with this person but there was a person that i met when i moved to la my life was in flames because i was coming out of my own fucking girl i remember and like you're the flames that your life was in have been like the torch that have has lit my way whoa honestly you really have like been we can talk about this in a minute but like you've been such an influence and an inspiration for me in my process but like go ahead sorry this is about you what (laughs) (laughs) well i was like fucking bonfire level flames oh my god you came to la you took me out for lunch yes we you had, were right in it too. I was in like the like I was like just burning hot, white hot. Yeah, and um, I remember like pouring my story you had, out like, to you. Like placenta in your eyes, <laughs> like you were just you were still like dripping wet, like your eyes weren't even open. You know. Oh fuck! Oh, and I remember God. like pouring my story out to you. It's sweet, sweet green. I remember we were at yes, fucking we were at sweet, sweet green. green. It was my first time ever going to sweet green. <laughs> <laughs> and a delicious summer bowl. I believe there was Indeed. you know some like corn summer bowl. And I hope I paid. I think I did. You definitely bought me lunch. Okay, good. And I remember pouring my soul out to you and you screamed in the middle of it. You just went, ah! And I was like, what? And you were like, I can't believe you're sitting up. Are you in therapy? I could, like, I could not believe that you were actually, like, above, like, not that you hadn't turned into some kind of, like, sea creature and just swum away. Like, I don't, I couldn't believe that you were, a, like, a dry human walking on dry land and, like, functioning and, like, actually able to put food on a fork and then, like, put it in your mouth and chew it and swallow it. Like, I could not believe that you were able to perform basic human functions, let alone be, like, you. I was barely, thank you so fucking much. listeners of this podcast know, like, what we're talking about? Not really. I don't no. talk about it on okay, here too okay. much. Oh, but I'm to- but I'm happy to. No, it's we don't just, have to. I don't want we, to. I think we should. No, we definitely, like, I, I think I think we've all yeah. had our relationships that are yeah oh i mean mary jane and i can talk about this fucking divorce shit for like a month but yeah. like um i went through yeah so i was yeah just well i've referred to it before here like i was in a terrible relationship that ended in with a, the number one way. fiber person we should really <laughs> do you want to have another brownie while you get it all out just get it all out get it all out i ended up in a relationship with a person who just yeah at the worst time in my life turned out to be the worst person i knew um and he was, was i didn't even know him and he was the worst person i knew yeah I've never met him and he's the worst person I knew yeah it's just fucking you know anyone who's ever known me and or met him was like I can't even fucking believe it so it was crazy when that whole thing exploded I like fled to LA and I'd arrived there and I had my dog and my cat and I hadn't made friends yet and I was still fucking just barely trying to like stand up and breathe and you came I think like a month after I moved there took me out to lunch like if that I think yeah and you were like, girl, and you got me a number for uh, the woman who's currently my therapist. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I good. did. Yeah, I didn't see her for a couple months, but I ended up calling her a couple months afterwards, and she's still my fucking awesome therapist. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Saved my life. I mean, you saved my life in that, like, first of all, your advice about dating oh. uh, completely saved my life. Wow. Uh, that you, like, you, at first... So you said to me, like, okay, don't 
go like your age is an asset Mm -hmm. like going into dating don't lie about your age don't say that you're younger like say that you're your age and there are like younger guys that are into that because I was so worried about dating um men my age and I still don't tend to find men my age to date it's not that I don't want to I really would like to date someone my age Mm -hmm. but um you know men most men straight men who are at the at this period of life either like are well first of all married uh, and and or have kids or they're like divorced with very small kids and that like takes a lot of their uh focus and time and that's not really something a situation that I want to cruise into because I'm like child free by choice and I'm not looking to like raise kids Mm -hmm. but then also or they're they're like they've just pushed their sort of like bachelor lifestyle to the finally the point where they're like, oh, okay, now it's time to get married and have some kids and I'm looking for a 28-year-old. So there's not a lot of like men my age that are sort of in the sort of life stage that I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Um, and that can kind of sort of meet me where I am. And so I do end up dating younger guys and I would never have thought that like younger guys would be interested in dating me. I didn't think anyone was going to be interested in dating me, but I really didn't think younger men would be. And you were like, oh, girl, <laughs> like, you don't even know. You don't even know. Like, it's going to be fine. And um, you were like, don't lie about your age, because if you say that you are younger, if you say that you're, like, 35, then men are going to assume that you're looking to, like, get married and have babies mm-hmm. right away. Like, make sure you say your age. Make sure you say, like, totally where you're at. And you were like – the men that are going to be into you are going to be younger and they are going to be European. And you were 100% right. Wow. 100% right. Like there's one person that I've dated. Well, no two, I guess, but like they were, they've all been younger um, to varying degrees. And like I've dated like three European guys. And I just never would have thought ever in a million years that that would like be in the cards for me. Wow. I was ready to settle for, like I didn't even think about setting my age settings on Tinder that low. And I mean, by by younger, I mean, like, 33 is, like, my basement. I found that 33 is as young as I can go without, like, feeling like I'm someone's aunt. Right. Like, you know, without <laughs> Like, needing like, to explain things to them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I went on a date with a 31-year-old. And, I mean, he also was very physically small. Mm-hmm. But I truly felt like his aunt. Like, it was... <laughs> it was it was a little disconcerting. Well, it was you you got a table for one, right? And he sat on your lap. No, we got him a booster chair. Oh, he was actually was. we got him a, we got him his own his own chair, his uh-huh. own big boy chair, and we got him a booster seat. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but I but you I was thinking I was gonna have to settle for dating like you know much older dudes, and I had also I mean not to, this is not to say that I'm not into older dudes, and like I want to put this out on as many um, media platforms as possible. Martin Short. I am single. I believe you are single. You're 70 years old. I'm 43. I think it could totally work. Like, I adore you. I don't know if you noticed, but I wrote like a capsule review of your latest comedy thing with Steve Martin in the New York Times. And I was very, very flattering to you because um, I just love you. And I think that we would have a really good time. Um, I'm a fun girl, uh, but I'm not too fun. You know what I mean? Like, I'm funny, but I'm not always on. Like, I'm, I, can, <clears throat> I can be super chill. <laughs> I make these brownies. I think you'll really like them. Um, so Martin Short, or if anyone listening to this is like, you know, Martin Short's assistant or his valet or like his, um, you know, butler or, uh, you know, house cleaner or like whatever. Weed dealer. Weed dealer. Any connections to Martin Short. If Stalker. Even, well, yeah. If, if someone out there stalks Martin Short for the purposes of like watching him and being like, 
how can I find the perfect partner for this person? <laughs> That's a like, great you know, stalker. I'm just going to watch him and observe him <laughs> and follow him around so that I understand him completely and I know exactly who to set him up with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if there's that kind of stalker out there that's listening to this, it's me, okay? Like, I, I'd be the perfect partner for Martin Short. I think we'd have the best time together. Um, so, that said, like, I will... I would you heard totally, it here first. There are certain older guys. And actually, I did this um, super fun and amazing... Uh, benefit for um a is for which is martha plimpton's abortion rights charity so i did this uh i like co-hosted this benefit and um uh lewis black was there oh and i did like a little bit with lewis black and i was like he's also 70 years old i was like that that would do that would do mm-hmm. so and i was but i was too nervous to introduce myself to him afterwards and i ran away um so if anyone out there I mean, I do actually know people who know more, uh, uh, Lewis Black and yeah. would set us up, but I'm also too ch- chicken shit. No. I think we'd have a really good time together. We'd have a great fucking time. Absolutely. I'm so fucking glad you're dating. I know, me too. Who's the oldest person you've dated? Well, I did want to tell a story about the guy who saved me my bacon when, like, right after I saw you. I wasn't dating yet. I was very miserable. How long was- did it take you between, like, your separation and when you started dating? Oh, like a year and a half. Whoa, really? Wow. Oh, fuck. I was on the streets. I was on the corner in like two weeks. <laughs> Wait, a sandwich board? Oh, we're a sandwich board. <laughs> like dressed as a giant vagina. Like a giant vagina <laughs> costume with a sandwich board that says eat me. Like, and your I, head was the clit? And my head was the clit, of course. Of course. What do you think this is? Of course. Um, no, uh, I was ready right away. But my, I had been married for a really, really long time, and things had been getting really bad for a really long time. And so, anyway, yeah, different trajectory because my very situation different trajectory. Was like, you know, kind of like madly in love and making excuses for someone who was just like ruining my life yes. and turning everything horrible. And then, but I didn't realize it was making excuses. And then when things got bad, they got really bad. And then they were really bad for a long time. Like, yeah, there was a whole year oh, where yeah. I was like sort of trying to really get away from all of it, and it took me a while, but. In the interim, there was way before I was ready to date or even talk about dating, I went to this restaurant. I was a third wheel on a blind date, a Tinder date. What? My roommate. How does that happen? At the time was like, hey, MJ, I'm going to see a comedy show. You like comedy, right? You seem like you could like comedy. And I was living in this like like place that really saved my life. It was a bit of a sanctuary sublet where I ended up and landed with my friend Ben. He was going through a divorce at the time as well. He could be shirtless and crying on the couch. I could be shirtless and crying in my room. It didn't fucking matter. My animals were safe. Everything was great. There should be an entire Airbnb like devoted exclusively to this. Shirtless divorce crying. Shirtless divorce crying house. (laughs) <laughs> like it, it's just pictures of rooms with like mock-ups it's like here's a good space uh-huh. to cry here's and your- it's like get everyone together like it's a communal Airbnb where we just match you with other divorced crying people so you feel supported not alone but you'll also be like have your space oh it was fucking amazing like I could come home I, I could be so baked I couldn't say words I could be drunk yeah. I could be crying yep. I, it didn't fucking matter it was great and he was exactly like we were just in complete non-judgment of Is each other he's still single? No, he just got married and had a baby. Yeah, good for him. Hey, can I just say maybe instead of Airbnb, it's called Split Level? <laughs> Let's make the app. It's going to be fucking baller. Cool. I mean, you can like, oh, here's a space where you can. I get this quiet when I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you can ball up and cry on the floor in here. Mm-hmm. You can throw up in the shower over here. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 This and is, here's just like the. Um, I did all of these things. I like lay on the, the floor. Drawer. Yeah. Here's all of the weed. Mm-hmm. I spent so much time on the floor, and I totally threw up in the shower. 
It was, oh my God. but during that time, I threw up, I went through a phase where I threw up almost every morning. I threw up all the time, all the time, all the time. And sometimes I'd just be taken to my knees by the fucking power of like the anxiety and the weight. Like yeah. I would just fall yeah. standing and then just, I'd just fall. So I was in that a was great, why I had to be put on an antidepressant. It was because I couldn't, st- I couldn't stand up and walk. Yeah. I actually couldn't walk. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't actually walk. Fucking get it. I fucking get it. You know. And yeah, I do. And during that time living in that sanctuary space, I, my, my friend Ben was going on a date and I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story, but I, cause I, maybe he didn't even think it was a date. Wait, did he marry the person that he went on that date with? I don't know if he ever saw her again. Oh, see, then I don't think he'll care. He brought me on the, he was like, we're going to see a comedy show at, um, Nerdmount. Oh, great place. Great yeah. theater. Yeah. No longer, RIP, right? No yeah. longer. And he was Comedy like, theaters don't seem to last very long in LA. Oh, it fucking sucks. Sorry, side but, note. No, so we went. Uh, and then he introduced me to this gal and it just turned out that he was on a Tinder date with her and he just brought me along. And afterwards we went to El Compadre on Sunset during which time she put her hand on my knee below the table because she was under the impression that I was on the, you know, meal ticket too. The whole thing was very awkward. So I ordered extra margaritas to sort of get through the whole thing. And the waiter, this guy, Leo, this is the guy that my whole fucking long story is about. Leo somehow got my number. Oh my God. Oops. How'd you know that happen? He was this, I don't know. He was like this charming Mexican man who was like 50 something. He, his kids were grown and gone. He had like no, you know, like designs other than to like treat me very well and sort of like make me feel good about myself. And he sent me like encouraging texts and gifts of like horses with roses in their mouths (laughs) and like messages like, I encourage you at all times to rely on me because you're beautiful and um, hello, Mary. Good morning. I promise to take care of you. And just like for months and months and months. And it went on and on and on. What? I got beautiful gifts of like, yeah, roses and snow and sunsets and horses. And he finally gave up. I never responded. Or I responded once and said, thank you so much. I'm not ready to date. Oh, my God. But honestly, like. Give him my number. I can use like a. Sending someone kind messages. Even if he's a bot, I don't care. (laughs) I just would say like, at a time when I really thought I might not live. Yeah. Having a guy send me messages that were never like. Yo, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they weren't trying to. He just really wanted me to like, like, I don't know. He seemed to maybe his designs were nefarious. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. But he sent you nice things. He sent me nice things that made you feel good about yourself. They made me feel good about myself. I felt like seen and kind of pretty. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was it. Thank you. Um, But yeah, it's amazing how um, how in that time period like no matter how fantastic you are and especially when your partner has uh, brought another person into the mix yeah it's amazing how it can make you feel like whatever whale shit looks like Mm -hmm. like it you don't even know what it is but you know that that's how you feel like you really think that you're so worthless it's amazing how just one person doing that Mm-hmm. can make you feel <laughs> it's amazing yeah. that a human being can have that much power over like the self-image and um sort of like emotional well-being of another person in that way yeah like i like i said i threw up every day i felt like i was the most uh, the, just the ugliest most ancient obese like fat like the words crone implies like sort of like a um a withered and sort of bony presence so like i don't know what the word is for like an obese crone <laughs> but that's how i felt Terrible. and and like i uh especially let's say when the um 
when the person that has this power over you um, spends their time with a person who's significantly younger than you, uh, it's actually kind of mind bending the effect that um, that can have on your psyche and on your uh, on your soul and the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you go about life in the world. And um, so where I don't know where I was going. You you. What 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 did I it? Got you guys water. Thank thank you. you. It made you feel, it made you feel even crazier because she's younger. There is a very specific. Right, I don't even know um, if crazy. I'm sorry if that's a no, qualifier. Word, that it's a, not. It's the. It, there's just a sort of specific kind of trauma that comes with that for like women in, uh, you know, ageist patriarchal America and and where um youth is equated with beauty and value in women and like you know we get over a certain age and we're uh the culture is i mean it's getting it's gotten so much better in my lifetime yeah and i hope that it continues to but um the sort of like there used to be articles about i remember when julia roberts turned 30 there was like an article in some big splashy magazine, it was like, well, wow, you know, now Ooh. that she's going to be over 30, what is Hollywood going to do with her? You know, like... It's brave. It's very brave to turn 30. Extremely brave. We don't talk about it enough. Yeah, what to have no control over time and how, <laughs> yes. how it affects you, it's so brave. It's really stupid. But then also, like, women are just supposed to go away. Like, we're just supposed to go away. Yeah, we talked about this recently and about how we were talking about Halloween and how, you know, the old women are the scary sort of witches. Uh -huh. and the, yeah, and that's that, you just know, a scary costume. It's yeah. just like a woman over 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, the, you know, the Grimm's fairy tales and the, you know, like oh, the yeah. old women are to be terrified of. Mm -hmm. You know what I think about a lot, actually? Stay away. I think a lot about like the witches and the like the scary ladies in these um in these fairy tales. Like the one the is she a witch in Hansel and Gretel? Like yes. whatever she is. Okay, yes. she's a witch. And like the witch in uh the witches in like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. It's like these are just, well, no, I think, well, in Cinderella, she has kids because of the stepsisters, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But, like, Hansel and Gretel, right? It's just this woman. Like, you know that the origin of this fairy tale was probably, like, a woman, much like myself, who has her own place, wants to keep it nice, <laughs> like, is doesn't want kids around. It's like, they're fine, but, like, don't don't come around or whatever. And then these kids start coming around and they want to like eat at your house and they want to like hang out. And they they, they were actually to, like, eating her house. I know, but I'm saying like, this is probably where the fairy tale came from, right? But they're like trying to eat your house. And it's just like when the witch is like, bitch, get, get, come get your kids, whoever's fucking kids these are. Like, get them out of here. I don't want, I don't want to raise these kids. And then that's like, oh, she's scary. Oh, she wants to eat them. It's like, no, I want them the fuck out of my house. Like, <laughs> but think about like the the witch characters in fairy tales. They're usually just like you know older mm -hmm. women who want to live their fucking life the way they want to live their fucking life. Fucking and people get in the way. Yeah, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. All the famous fucking witches. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. So I embrace being a witch. Me too. Honestly, in fact, I didn't dress up for Halloween, and I just told people I was a witch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess. I'm over forty, and I have my own place, and I want it to be nice. <laughs> a witch. <laughs> I'm a witch. You are a witch. I am. Yep. Fucking witchy. But I'm not one of those people who's like, um, uh, you're not like putting crystals in your pussy or yeah, anything. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Shit. <laughs> no, uh, I put pretzels in my mouth. I don't put any. Yeah, I'm not into like. Uh, I'm not a crystal or like a. Um, I do burn a lot of. Oh, not burn, but like vaporize a lot of essential oils. I guess that's a little witchy. But I don't have any. There's no, you know, eye of newt. Like I don't have any. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't pay attention to the um, like healing properties or whatever of essential oils. I just burn them to get the cigarette smell out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! What else, you guys? Sorry, I've been talking a lot, and I'm I'm definitely stoned now. Like Good. yes, definitely Blue high. Dream and these fucking snacks are on and point. Snacks are snack, off the chain. Snack game tight. We need to get into it. It's one of my favorite things that you have created since uh, we met, which is your recap series for RuPaul's Drag Race for ah! the New York fucking Times. Yes, that was very is, cool. What a crazy big deal that was. Was it? it? Is. Yes. I don't know. You're, yes. Yes. Okay, thanks, guys. You fucking, um, yes. It's an iconic show. It's an iconic show. And, how, and it was a very intense season of an iconic show um, with all the, it was very strange with all of the, like, uh, the conversations that were raised on the show this past season with, with like the vixen and um, there were like discussions of race and class and uh, and people were telling stories about like you know their their parents put them in uh, uh, oh god what's the conversion therapy is what you know like conversion camps yeah pray the gay away pray the gay away kind mm-hmm. of shit and one one of the queens their parents had a um, and like a priest come to the house to like actually do an exorcism mm. of him for being gay. Like there was a lot of really intense stuff. Um, and also I thought for the first time really in my sort of conscious experience, the issue of like how some of the, these days, like, like we're in our forties and um, in our lifetime, generally drag has been uh, a very underground art form and it has largely been the um, not only socially oppressed, but economically oppressed who have, uh, who have been drag queens. Like, I didn't know any rich fucking drag queens um, growing up, and I saw a lot of drag, and I was even in some drag shows and stuff, and, like, everything was, you know, duct tape and, you know, Vaseline and, and you Paris know... Paris is it, burning, right? Yeah, Paris is burning kind of shit. And so, like... Well, Paris is burning is more trans and drag... That's a whole other discussion. But, like... But, right. But so everything was very, very, very cheap, and everybody made their own uh, garments, and everyone made their own wigs and everyone like was it was all very DIY and very uh, inventive and very um, very inexpensive like sort of by nature very scrappy and now you know um, that drag has become not only that drag has become more mainstream um, and more accepted as an art form because of this show largely because of this show but also that homosexuality itself has become more accepted um, which is all great uh, you then get there are people, there are contestants on the show. Like the winner of this season was a 22-year-old who has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race since he was 10 years old. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, and and he, his family is not rich, but like they're middle class. And he then had like designers designing all his looks for him. And like, I think... You've been a I part hope of I'm not two talking waves. out of school. Like I don't know how much uh, uh, Aquaria actually, but yeah, being um, being sort of seeing drag change in that way, uh, and there's a lot more money in it now. There are a lot more people with money to throw around that are ha- that have like designers and stylists and like you know people who build their wigs, people who, you know, someone like uh, uh, the previous season's winner Sasha Velour. Like those looks are expensive. Like there is money in those looks. And that conversation actually, for the, for my money anyway, from in my memory, for the first time came up in this past season where it was like, hey, you know, not all of the queens here have the kind of financial resources that 
others have. And so how is it fair to judge our looks against theirs? It's like some of us are literally having to duct tape things together right before the challenge. And some of us are coming in with like entire garments that have been made by a team, you know, that have been designed and made by a team. And like, how is that a, how is that a fair sort of, uh, um, competition. Hmm. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. I didn't get to write about that as much as I wanted to because it was. Are you seeing a it word as a count? <laughs> are you seeing that as a commentary on the country? Like, is RuPaul's Drag Race like a reflection of where we are? I in always think it is. Yes. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I always think that it is. And so this past year, it was especially intense. Like after the election, um, and it. The tone was very different. They went more um, overtly political with it uh, this past season. Like they, the challenges were um, sort of politically based. They were openly like mocking the administration and um, openly making fun of like Trump and Betsy DeVos and like all these terrible monsters and uh, and openly like they they put the they had dancers carrying a banner with like the link to register to vote. On yeah. it. Like they got very, very political about it this past season, which I thought was wonderful because drag is a very political art form. And um, I, yeah, I just thought it was a really intense and great season and I was really happy to write it. One of my favorite things about reading it was how you were folding in all of the sort of like the pop culture knowledge, the deep well of pop culture knowledge that you have <gasps> combined with your knowledge of drag and the political situation, which, you know, you're so avid, like you're so avidly and loudly political and then folding in your personal story of going through what you're going through as well and reading the column and knowing you and it was just a really awesome fucking experience to like oh, really so see how beautifully you handled it it was so um i don't know you just uh what's i don't have the words because i'm too high but it was gorgeous it That's was a beautiful a fucking act of like heroic writing oh stop you yeah, know seriously it was, you should see what uh what the editors would not let me get away with and i pushed it every you can't say that I didn't push it every week. I pushed it every week. I tried to get, um, they wouldn't let me um, explicitly refer to Trump at all. Interesting. Um, I was not allowed to, uh, like I made a lot of um, allusions to him, a lot of like, there were a lot of, uh, you know, uh, metaphors for him and his administration that I saw all over the place and I wasn't allowed to uh, make that comparison. I was not allowed to, uh, I, ha I had to be, they, they, they said, like, I got a lot more leeway. They give a lot more leeway to the recap writers because it's just a different sort of form of writing. And I'm certainly not a journalist, but they were also the fake failing New York Times that was getting a bunch of heat uh, from Trump at the time. And mm -hmm. so uh, they're very, very careful about what they will, because it's not an op-ed, right? you know? And so they were, they were very, very careful about, um, things not quote-unquote getting political but I'm like I'm writing about drag queens in a post-election year and it's like the they're t they are explicitly addressing um the political situation in the show like you can't how how is anyone supposed to be not political right now it's insane I'm writing about gay people who are literally being killed so like what it was it was a very tough balance to strike um and, and they started putting the family circus cartoons in the middle of your column they right did, to lighten yes, it up actually, a bit and then like a dilbert mm -hmm. just for both sides for right. both sides you know, they want to make sure that, that both sides are represented <laughs> both both sides i would love to see a dilbert drag queen i was just kidding oh yes <laughs> dilbert as a drag queen god that uh the guy who draws dilbert is such a 
fucking douche. He's, Scott, a, he's such a cock knocker. Worst. He's a cock knocker. Oh, wait. Oh, I have this really fun book that we should use right now. It's called um, Creative Cursing, and it's like a Oh, fuck, sweet. Book oh, to cuss about the Dilbert creator? Like insults, yeah. So what are we going to call the Dilbert creator? I'm going to pull... He's a nut, nut face. <laughs> nut face. That's great. Okay. Okay, let's, let's do another one. Okay. Anus wad. Anus wad. Yes. All right. Mitch McConnell is a cooch wipe. Cooch wipe. wipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, cooch wipe. From RuPaul's Drag Race, I wanted to also just know a little bit about your fucking show that you're doing that I fucking oh, yeah. missed, that I'm so bummed that I missed. Don't and be I hope bummed because it's coming back. Bring it to L.A., please. I do want to bring it to L.A. I'm so, um, like, left to my own devices. It's not that I'm, I mean, somewhere in between my, like, anxiety, depression, um, and uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, I don't really know how people, like, book, um, tours of things and stuff like i've right. never here we go we can take yeah yeah we'll, and we'll ask you again because i know you were just distracted <laughs> with my needing to take a picture of you with the word piss club so. male needs no longer distract so me. sorry <laughs> fuck I've, yeah um, no i've completely walled myself off to she's that. a witch i'm a witch <laughs> i get things done um but uh no i i would yeah i definitely want to take it to la i gotta like film it and send it to people i guess i don't know but um so i'm doing it everyone's like what is it um, yeah. I'm doing a show called Staying Alive, uh, which is a cabaret show which uses um, the Bee Gees songs from the absolutely terrible movie uh, Staying Alive, which was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which is a very good movie. Have you seen it? I have never seen the whole thing. I've seen the first half, maybe. I always, I only saw it for the first time relatively recently, mm -hmm. and I always thought that it was just some dumb disco movie. Like the, the way, that, it's like if someone made Lombada the movie or you know what I mean? I always thought it was like that. Like just some dumb disco movie that sort of like defined disco in a pop culture way for, uh, you know, America or whatever. Right. In the 70s. But it's actually a really great movie. It's beautifully made and the screenplay is amazing and the ending is really, um, I don't want to like give it away, but like it's a, it's a, it's actually a beautiful, kind of beautiful movie. And it sets the tone. It came out in 1977, and it sort of like sets the tone for a, a relatively woke 80s. Yeah. And then you know the 80s happened, and Reagan's elected, and um, for some reason in 1983 they decide to make the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, and they um, give it to <laughs> the Bee Gees. Well, no, the because the Bee Gees had the music had music in the first movie as well. The Bee Gees just did the soundtrack for this one. For both of them. Mm -hmm. But no, they um, decided to hire to write and direct the movie inexplicably. They decide to hire Sylvester Stallone. And it, so this is a line from my show, but like I read in a gossip column once that Sylvester Stallone had a plexiglass platform installed above his bed so that he could watch women like fuck and squish each other on, on and like masturbate under and watch it through plexiglass on his bed and that's exactly what the movie staying alive is wow it's like so terrible it's and especially in comparison to um saturday night fever it's so bad and it's so 80s and it's so like all the all the sort of uh lessons that um john travolta's character had learned and like all of the sort of deep things he'd found about himself and blah 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 all completely gone and he's just out for pussy and it's like <laughs> and there's terrible dancing in it and so the Bee Gees recorded these songs for the movie and then 
Uh, perhaps you'll recall Sylvester Stallone's brother Frank and his booming music career. Sure. So Sylvester Stallone not only writes a part for his brother Frank in the movie, but has him then do a lot of music for the movie. And now there is one song that Frank Stallone does for the movie that I think is a really great song, and it's uh, called Far From Over. But and that like opens I open my show with that. But then the rest of the songs are so bad. And and they're not so then the BG songs are actually kind of great, but they're not really featured in the movie. Like they are in it for probably as long as their contract mandated that they'd be in the music or something. I don't know. But like so there are these great songs and I was like I watched them because you know when you talking about getting stoned and watching Law and Order, getting stoned and watching uh Dateline, especially when you're in the darkness, the darkness. And mm-hmm. I was totally in the darkness uh, right after my separation. And I was, I couldn't move from the couch and all I did was smoke weed and I couldn't sleep. And so I would sleep from like maybe two to 4 a.m., wake up at four, like life was too unbearable. So I'd start smoking weed at 4 a.m., watch some movies, then maybe sleep a few more hours later and then get up, like w- smoke some more weed. Like I just was in that c- cycle for a very long time. And uh, so I, I watched... I have finally gotten to the end of Law & Order SVU. I've seen every episode of every Law & Order series ever, ever filmed. Me too. I have seen, um, I was completely caught up on Dateline NBC. Mm -hmm. I'd even watched some 2020s. Guys, I was scraping. Wow. And then finally I got into. You ran out of murder. I ran out of murder. (laughs) I ran out of like lady murder. Stories of like ladies being murdered by their male partners. I fall asleep to my favorite murder sometimes. I have not gotten into that. Only because, like, I just, there's so much murder. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't gotten to the, I haven't gotten to my favorite murder yet. But so I ran out of all these shows, and then I started looking around on um, HBO On Demand, the movies on HBO On Demand. Guys, it's not a good scene. Like, it's it's like a graveyard. It's like a haunted graveyard. And so I saw Staying Alive, and I was like, oh my God, I sort of remember that movie. For some reason, it ran heavily on HBO when I was a kid. And I remember being really kind of scared of it because the dance uh, sequence of the all dance. Broadway show like it's like Sylvester Stallone's idea of what a Broadway show is or was and it's all dance um no singing no anything and it's like a Dante's Inferno kind of fucking there's a lot of fire there's a lot of like tank tops and headbands there's a lot of like um leathery fringy like dance boots like tied up to the knees and then like fake dirt and like ash like rubbed into like Ugh. flattering um divots in like muscles to sort of like i mean you should see john travolta it, in this movie. it sounds like he took all the footage from a rocky montage that didn't make the cut totally and then was just like or well, rambo like, or rambo. rambo it was totally yeah. rambo it's like rambo rambo but uh, if rambo was the lead in cats <laughs> And it was like in hell, <laughs> like that's what's staying alive. Is. So I I remember being scared of the fire because there's all this fire in the dance scene and like the Dante's Inferno and like this really scary music and stuff. And I was like, what was that? Because I'm kind of obsessed with um, 80s movies set in New York, 70s and 80s movies set in New York. Like I'm fascinated by the way the city has evolved and I like to just sort of see it and be like, oh, you know, I recognize that corner or that storefront or whatever. So um and also just the clothes and the hair. But so I was like, oh, I don't really remember this movie. I think I should rewatch it. And it sort of bizarrely mirrored the situation that I was in personally and felt as badly scripted and horribly filmed. And like like everything about it spoke to me in a very like bizarrely deep way in that moment. And then uh, I found myself listening to the soundtrack a lot 
um weirdly the the songs on the soundtrack like you know when you have power songs you know when you're like going through something and you have these like power songs that you listen to and so that soundtrack became like my power songs and uh I don't know like my mind just sort of sort of started like associating and I was like oh wow like these songs told so this these are songs that support an incredibly misogynist movie these are songs that were written with like an incredibly misogynist uh view and like the titles were like a chick over here kind of that kind of yeah and so i i was like what if because these weirdly the lyrics to these songs are sort of mirroring a lot of experiences that i'm having so like what if i took them and sang them from like the feminist uh angle and like took these songs and put them in took took them from a very bad misogynist story and put them in a very good feminist story and uh so i think it works i'm not even really a singer much so like i i mean i'm a karaoke assassin don't get me wrong (laughs) but like but um it's weird how i was like no but this is the story that i want to tell and so i'm gonna sing in it because i have to and I all of a sudden I'm like singing at Joe's Pub. I was like, whose life is this? Who fucking, yeah. It was kind of great. And it's going to be at Joe's Pub again in... It's going to be at Joe's Pub again uh, February 3rd, April, I think 2nd, and I think March 4th, something like that. Check the calendar. I don't know. I don't don't know. ask me to do your emotional labor for you. <laughs> Get, go on the Joe's Pub calendar and check. I don't think it's there yet, but just fucking check it every day. We'll until put it a is. link. We'll link. We'll, we'll link, link to things. We'll link. We'll I, link. I think, I, I think that's actually on me. I think I'm supposed to get some paperwork back to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. I think we that's came. It. We, we covered. Smoked, we snacked. We talked sex. We talked, we talked art. We talked. Did we talk? Oh, um, hey, my, Amanda. Oh wait, hold on. I have a call. Oh, ring, ring. Yeah, we have to get my phone. Hello. Hey. Hey. Uh, I've been standing in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge here for about an hour. Are you Are you close? Oh, have you? Oh yeah, I'm on my way. Um, I got uh, I got sidetracked a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely on my way. Great. You know what? I want to, it's getting a little dark and I don't know if I'm going to be able to sh- know I, which person is you. So would you actually, if you want to like just take off your pants. Sure. Oh. So that I can, t- I see who, which one is you. Yeah. Oh, um, and then we can get to that, uh, that thing you promised me a little sooner. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. Just so that we can get to that cool. really quickly because it's cold out and I don't want to like waste anybody's time. So yeah. like we'll, um, we'll get the, the, the apology, the money, the $40. Maybe an apology for being late also. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's coming. That's coming too. Great. Um, but yeah, so just like if you could take your pants off just to expedite things like no identification and then like the hand job and stuff. And then I'll be there any minute. I really will be there any minute. Awesome. Okay, this is great. I just wanted to check in because I was oh, getting I, totally I was just getting yeah. mad. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. It's, things just got kind of crazy here. Great. Um, so I'm running a little late. Okay. Okay, I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Flip phone closed. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. That's so fun. I never do improv anymore. I don't have to do improv anymore. How are my chops? <laughs> I still have it. I thought about going back, but they would make me, because time has passed, they'd make me do level one again. I was like, no everybody uh-huh. everybody would um you would have to play be, with like all these like 20 year olds who are just getting out of college oh they'd be like God. they'd be like uh hey mom oh, like every, every scene no, every no, fucking absolutely. scene absolutely i did i did take an improv class when i was like 32 or 33 and i was already getting that right oh, yeah. because now um the ucb is accredited accredited mm-hmm. so people go there instead of college wow. they go to the upright citizens brigade which now has a campus and is like a college so there are like kids they're like getting 
degrees in improv. Like it's crazy. And they're all extremely young and everybody wants to be on SNL and yeah. Yeah. So you get out there and you're It's like, good because you can teach someone how to be funny. Yeah, absolutely. No, right? definitely. And, yeah. and the younger you are, the better. Because like um, life experience and sort of like education, especially like the kind of education you would get if you went to an actual college, like mm-hmm. maybe say a liberal arts college or something, and like sure. actually learned like some cultural references, some sort of literary references, et cetera, like had a sort of working knowledge of um, like the humanities. Um, like all of that is not necessarily at all to – to be funny like you don't need any of that to just be funny you've either got it or you haven't you yeah. know and and if you've got it we'll we'll teach it <laughs> oh my god remember that time i got super stoned <laughs> where do people fucking follow you and find you and all that you can follow me around um brooklyn i usually go to the um the bodega on the corner Great. like around 10 a.m is it get, next like, to that uh apple store it's next to that whole apple store with the whole foods in it <laughs> yes um and it's like also in a condo it's all in one condo um one luxury condo and then there's a whole foods in the apple store that's in that most insufferable condo yes it's like a turducken of like, <laughs> everything horrible about gentrific- it's a gentrification turducken great um I, uh, that's the show title. Yay! <laughs> gentrification the turducken. Gentrification tur- inside the gentrification turducken with, with Amanda, Amanda Duarte. Um, they can follow me uh, on twitter.com. You'll be bored to death, but you can follow me on twitter.com at Duarte Amanda. Um, on Facebook, go to just put in the name Amanda Duarte, and I'm the most beautiful one. Mm-hmm. Um, in case because there are a few that come up, and so just click on the most beautiful one, um, and that'll be me. Uh, where else? What Facebook, Twitter, Are you on Instagram? Instagram? Yeah, if you really want to be fucking bored to death, um, it's at Agitated in Xenon. That is a lyric from a Roxy Music song because I am forty three years old and I have nothing to hide. <laughs> like it's one of it's a good song and and people ask me all the time um, what it means and they think it's Agitated Nixon and I'm like no, who gives a fuck about Nixon if he's agitated? It makes no sense. Someday I'll change it, but. It also keeps the stalkers away because it's hard to find. Yeah. Actually, my stalker died. Oh. There's a whole other podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Well, then we have to come back. Yeah, 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 right. We'll have to do another one. But recently, I found my internet stalker had died. And um, and I felt nothing. <laughs> Ice cream cone. <laughs> I want to come back and hear about that and the fucking clone dog wars. Oh, Jesus, God. And there's so many fucking things there's to talk about. There's so many things to talk about. You'll come back on, won't you? Absolutely. Good. We'll come back over and we'll bring different weed and other snacks. Oh, my God. And uh, hopefully I'll come do my show in L.A. and maybe I can come to you guys. Please. And, um, uh, and you can provide me with different weed and different snacks. Please. Uh, <laughs> please. Yes. Uh, Please. <laughs> well, it's been a delight having you both. Thank um, you. Mary Jane, seeing you and is it Mike? Meeting you has been really great. <laughs> and I'll have your 40 bucks in any minute. Oh my gosh, this has been the best. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, is anyone still listening? Please subscribe, yes. leave a review, oh, share this one with your fucking friends because you know they're going to want to listen to it. Yeah, leave a review. Yeah. yeah. Like, rate, subscribe, follow at Weed and Grub. Mm-hmm. Leave us comments. We mm-hmm. like the DMs. Send us some hot whisk pics. You know I love a whisk pic. Yeah. Whisk pic. And uh, again, I just want to really repeat if anybody has a connection to Martin Short. Um, we're going to leave that in the comments too, or you can DM them and then they'll get to me. You know, you're out there. Hell yeah. The link. Yeah. There is a link. Yep. All right. 
Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.